This story is called Jacob's Ladder. It takes place uh, in Yerushalayim. Uh, when I was 30 years old, this was my trip to Israel when I was 30 years old, uh, I had arrived in Yerushalayim midweek, and it was my first trip to Yerushalayim. I remember walking into the old city, walking down the Arab Shuk, uh, looking for a place to stay. When I saw the little sign that said Swedish Youth Hostel, I thought, ooh, Swedish sounds good, probably tall blondes. So I thought this is a good place to stay. Anyways, I went in, got a place to, I got a, you know, a cot in a big room, uh, took a shower, kind of an ancient, you know, shower. You know, like, oh, what a shock. Um, anyways, I went to, for a walk through the old city, uh, down the Arab Shuk. I remember seeing the hotel for the first time from a distance and the awe that it created in me. I remember walking down and kissing the wall for the very first time and just the awesomeness of that. Um, anyway, so, so this story takes place uh, on the very first Shabbos that I was in Yerushalayim. I had heard that if you go down to the Western Wall Friday night, uh, there's likely, it's likely if you look like an American tourist that somebody will come over to you and ask you if you need a place for meals. So that's what I did. I went down there, and sure enough, I wasn't disappointed. Before long, someone came over to me. I don't remember his name, but apparently it's a famous name. He does it all the time. He came over to me and asked me, do I need a place to have meals for Shabbos? And I said, it'd be wonderful. Thank you very much. He introduced me to an old chassid who took me after davening to his home, me and another young man I didn't know. Um, and I remember about this meal that he had about six or seven children between the ages of, I would say, three and 11 or three and 12. And they had just the most beautiful faces um, that you could imagine on little children. Um, we sat at a, a relatively small crowded table. There was only one light bulb in the room that was on, and it was a fluorescent lamp you know, in the ceiling. I remember the meal was small portions, but it was quite delicious. I don't remember Shamalechem. I don't remember, you know, him blessing the children. I don't remember Aisha's Chayel. But then again, I wasn't from, so I don't know that it would have meant anything to me. Uh, in any case, the, the meal was good. After the meal, <clears throat> uh, it was prearranged that someone would come pick me up and the other young man I didn't, who I was with I didn't know, and take us to a yeshiva where there was going to be a tish. Now, I didn't know what a tish was. Um, all I know is we went, we left this, this chassid's house and we went to uh, a shul. Um, I didn't know anything about the names of the shul. It turned out that this was the stone, uh, stoner yeshiva. Uh, Stoner Hasidim, and we we went in, and people were you know people were coming in because it was after Shabbos dinner, and eventually what happened was they somebody you know it was a group of people they were taking all the benches and tables and they were stacking them up, and I'm thinking what is going on around here, and they're they're stacking everything up and they're making these bleachers. What looks like bleachers, and sure enough, people were coming in. Hasidim were coming in with their strimals on, and they were, they were going into the bleachers, and they were singing and singing and singing. And you know, people were asking me who I was and where I was visiting from. They were encouraging me to, you know, move to Israel and join the yeshiva, and you know, it was all very interesting. And the song, the singing was great. Um, eventually, the place really got crowded. 
And it was, you know, quite inspiring to see all these young people and old people alike, you know, coming in, filling these bleachers, standing up, shuckling back and forth. And the music just kept getting louder and louder and louder. It was really amazing. In the center of the room was a long table covered with, you know, large books stacked up five, six high. And all these old men were coming in, sitting around this long table. And uh, it was was just, you know, the momentum in this place was just building and building. And I was getting, you know, kind of, you know, awesome how, how... this was all happening. You know, I was obviously, you know, I'd never seen anything like this in, you know, in, in California or for Detroit. So this was all very new to me. Eventually what happened is the commotion was that there was somebody coming into the room and sure enough, there was, the Rebbe was coming in. Now this Rebbe was, was otherworldly. He was a very old, frail man. He was surrounded by his Hasidim, And this guy was just, it was not exactly clear to me when I looked at him that the guy was totally in this world. He was part, he was just, it was just, I can't describe it. He was yellow and white all at the same time. He he didn't glow. I mean, obviously that sounds like a cliche that the guy glowed. And it kind of sounds like a cliche that the guy was floating off the ground. But the guy glowed and he floated off the ground. I mean, just what can I tell you? It was just awesome to watch this guy. And to hear the singing going on and everybody was shuckling, it was just, it was obviously that, you know, we're not in Kansas anymore, as Dorothy said. So I, I watched this, you know, I kind of was a spectator at this because I didn't know any of the tunes or songs and I love music so much. I just, you know, got all swept up in this and I thought, wow, man, amazing. How often does this happen? What are they doing here? What is all this? Anyways, I stayed for a few hours until I just, you know, really needed to get some sleep. I was looking for somebody who said to me, you know, if you need a place to sleep, come with me. I'll find you a place to sleep tonight. I figured after such a wonderful, emotional, uplifting night, I didn't want to go back to the Swedish youth hostel, you know. So somebody said, look, come back to the yeshiva and you can sleep in the yeshiva. So I was going to take advantage of that. And sure enough, eventually we left, we went to the yeshiva, and I'm just... I'm just high as a kite here. Uh, We went to the yeshiva. I went to sleep. And that night, I had an amazing dream. It was just like, you know, you imagine Jacob's ladder where he sees these malachim going up and going down. That's exactly the dream I had. I had a dream that I saw this large, broad ladder. And it was going up to Shemaim. And up and down this ladder were all of my teachers, all my thesis advisors, my chemistry teachers, my graduate advisor, all the teachers that I could imagine being there were going up this ladder and down this ladder. It was really, it was so real. And I thought, when I woke up in the morning, I thought, wow, that's what, maybe that's, you know, what malachim are. Maybe your teachers are really just malachim. Maybe they, you know, they're all sent by a Kodesh Baruch Hu to help you learn what you need to learn in life. And so it was, a, it was a wonderful feeling to have this dream in combination with having been to this Tish and being so elevated. When I, when I finally, when I got up dressed, got up, get dressed, had coffee, I thought, you know, I got to go to see 
where Jacob had his dream. So I knew it was called Betel. I went to the to uh, the Tachanat Amerikazi, the central bus station, and I, I asked the lady in the information booth, can I get a ticket to go to Betel? I wanted to see Jacob's Ladder. I wanted to go see the original Jacob's Ladder. I don't know, you know, I'm, you know maybe I'm like sleep deprived. I don't know. All I know is I want to see Jacob's Ladder so that, you know, I guess not reluctantly, you go, why do you want to go to Baytale? There's nothing there. I said, I just want to go there. I want to see, you know, I don't want to tell them the whole story. I just want to go to Baytale and see Jacob's Ladder, the real ladder. So I get a ticket. I get on the bus. We drive out of Yerushalayim. You know, after, you know, 20 minutes, an hour, whatever it was, the bus driver says, you know, calls out Baytale. And I, I go up to the front of the bus, I get off the bus, the bus drives away, and I look around, and there is like nothing there. I mean, way off in the distance, it looks like a, a army barracks. But all there is there is a little, you know, like a soda, potato chip, kind of, you know, place to buy soda and potato chips. I mean, that's all there is. And I'm looking around, I'm thinking, where's the ladder? This is it? This is Baytail? Where's Jacob's ladder? Beware it. And I'm looking in the sky and I'm looking in Shemayim and I'm looking around thinking, where is it? And and I don't know what to do. You know, I think, Dave, come on, get a grip on, you know, you're standing here in Betel. There's nothing here. That ladder, that's not your ladder. That's, you know, that was Jacob's ladder. You had your ladder last night. And you're here looking for Jacob's ladder, but you're not. You're not going to get Jacob's ladder. Jacob's ladder is his ladder. Everybody gets their own ladder in life, and and everybody has their own malachim in life. And what you need to do is you need to find, you know, search for your ladder, sort of kind of thing. Anyways, I realized that this was, you know, not going to turn into some big, you know, ladder event in Beit El. So when the next bus came, I headed back to Yerushalayim. And uh, that's the story. That's what I call Jacob's Ladder, the ladder story. Not Jacob's Ladder, my ladder. That's what I call the ladder story. So I guess the moral of the story is is that, you know, we should all ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to, you know, help us you know, realize the connection that we have with him and with, you know, his Torah and Yerushalayim and help us recognize who the Malachim are in our lives so that we can uh, get closer to Kodesh Baruch Hu. That's the message. That's the story. Have a good Shabbos. Bye.